This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. When you want the best, you have to act fast, especially when hiring for your business. You want to find the most talented people before the competition scoops them up. And the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds top talent fast. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Spotify. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. It's our Sports Criminals March Madness special. Every day in March, we're counting down the top 31 sports scandals of the past 31 years. Today's event comes to us from 1992, when the Little League World Series was won by an unstoppable group of youths from the Philippines. It was a team that captivated the world. Until deceptions of age and geography came to light and changed everything. For more shocking sports events from history, tune in right here every day to our March Madness special. Listen free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. The Little League World Series is perhaps the most well-known event in international youth sports. And while it might evoke an image of fun and innocence, throughout its 73-year history, the tournament has been plagued by scandal. And on the afternoon of August 29, 1992, as spectators watched the Filipino team celebrating on the field after clobbering their American opponents, They couldn't shake the uneasy feeling that something about the situation didn't feel quite right. Welcome to Sports Criminals, a podcast original. This is the third episode in our March Madness special. This month, we're counting down the top 31 sports scandals from 1990 to 2020. I'm Carter Roy. And I'm Tim Johnson. In today's episode, we are going back to 1992 and the Little League World Series scandal. Zamboanga City, located on a small remote island in the Philippines, is most famous for its canned sardine industry. But in 1992, it was the city's Little League baseball team that caught the world's attention. The team from Zamboanga breezed through the World Series tournament, demolishing everyone in its path until trouncing a squad from Long Beach, California in the championship game 15-4. Aside from a gold medal in boxing 30 years before, the boys' victory represented the most significant athletic achievement in the country's history. They returned to the Philippines as heroes, where President Fidel Ramos threw them a parade in the capital city and awarded them over $40,000 in scholarship money. Nearly everyone in the country celebrated the team's victory. Everyone except journalist Al Mendoza. As a journalist, Mendoza's job was to tell the truth, which wasn't always easy in a country like the Philippines. Twenty years before, dictator Ferdinand Marcos had banned anything beyond state-sanctioned news, and only recently, after a regime change, had independent news outlets resumed operation. Just a day after the team's victory parade, Mendoza published a column in the Daily Inquirer with the heading, Mothers, How Old Are Your Children? He not only cast doubt on the ages of the players from Zamboanga City, but whether they were actually from the small town as they claimed. 
To qualify for the Little League World Series, players must be between 10 and 12 years old, and the player must live within the geographic boundary of the town or city that his or her team represents. For example, a boy from Austin, Texas can't play on a team from Dallas. 10 to 12 is also a tricky age because of the disparity in boys' sizes and appearance. At that age, some have almost reached their adult height, while others are still under 5 feet tall. To Mendoza and many others, the Filipino players look too old and too poised for boys that age. After he published his column, the American Little League president faxed a sheet of questions to his counterpart in the Philippines to confirm whether the players were the correct age and if they were all from Zamboanga City. In his response, the Filipino Little League president declared that all the players were of legal age, but admitted that several from outside Zamboanga City had been added to the roster because the original players weren't able or allowed to travel to the United States. He explained that Zamboanga City is a very rural area and that many of the boys were needed to work on their parents' farms. Others had been too afraid to fly. He also maintained that if the substitutions hadn't been made, the original team from Zamboanga City would have beaten the Americans by twice as much. But days later, Mendoza and his colleagues revealed that excluding the eight players added to the roster from other cities, the six players actually from Zamboanga City were all over age, anywhere from 13 to 15 years old, and had assumed the identities of younger boys in town. Not only that, the team had replaced their original manager with a coach from Manila, a coach who couldn't even speak or understand the dialect used in Zamboanga City. Furthermore, the parents of the overage athletes had also assumed false identities in an effort to maintain the ruse. Maybe the Little League Baseball Association could overlook the replacement of a few kids who were too scared to fly, but when it came to systematic fraud perpetrated by multiple generations, they had no choice but to strip the Filipino team of its title and award it to the boys from Long Beach. For years, Al Mendoza was considered a traitor, someone whose reporting brought shame not only on the Filipino team, but the country itself, one that has wrestled with its own difficult history of corruption and scandal. Accustomed to corruption and lies from the most powerful politicians down to local youth sports coaches, many Filipinos refused to believe or acknowledge that cheating took place and instead blamed Al Mendoza for the fallout. And this refusal to take accountability only served to reinforce the cycle of cheating. Because in 1993, one year after being stripped of its championship, yet another Little League team from Zamboanga City was disqualified, once again for using overage players. Thanks for listening to Sports Criminals March Madness. We'll be back tomorrow with next year's scandal. You can catch our other episodes of Sports Criminals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts.